podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank the Dolphins Talk Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And it's another FinFans podcast. Today I'm here with Louis Rigoni. Hello, Dolphins. Hello, hello. And a special guest known as Big E. Good evening. How are you guys? Nice to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, So, Ian, I I wanted to hear your Finn story because I've never heard how you became a Dolphin fan. It's actually a little interesting. Everybody kind of has a different path to becoming a Dolphins fan. But um, for me, growing up in South Florida my whole life, my parents were never into football at all. I actually played soccer when I was a youngster in in elementary school. Uh And... But my grandfather, who had spent many years in South Florida as well, he got into the Dolphins, and uh, and he started going to a bunch of games. And he finally took me to my first ever game in 1985, and I was 11 years old. That when was a that fun happened. time. Yeah, it, it was a great time in 85. But of course, too, you know, I didn't know anything about football. But I went to the game, went to the Orange Bowl. We did a park and ride. I remember that very vividly. Um, and we went to a game and just people were so passionate and I loved the team. I loved everything about football. After that, I slowly started getting more into it and more into it. And then finally, by the time I got into high school, I was a huge Dolphins fan. Uh, I actually got my mom and my dad into the sport as well. My dad is now a diehard Miami Dolphins fan. I talk to him every night on the way home and he's like, what's the latest on the Dolphins? So (laughs) we, uh, we talk and, and, the interesting thing about it was I, I remember back when I was younger, even before I got into the Dolphins, my parents had given me a Pittsburgh Steelers lamp in my bedroom. <laughs> and to this day, my dad does not know the reason why I had a Pittsburgh Steelers lamp in my bedroom, but it was the weirdest thing. It's, it's very funny. Yeah. And, and he, he has, they have no ties to Pittsburgh either, which is interesting. They may have got it at a garage sale or something, and I needed a light. That's possible, too. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> we all need light. <laughs> exactly. Um, but let me tell you, I, I will say my fandom has grown considerably since I've been able to share it with other people from around the world, you know, using social media platforms and Twitter is the big one that, that I use. You guys know that I, I sure. interact with you all there and just being able to talk to everybody, being able to get different opinions, uh, being able to be positive. You know, I try my best to be as positive as I can, even though I'm pretty positive and, and, and I, I do get angry sometimes when I see some stuff that, 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 you know, that happens that I'm not happy with, but I don't, I don't go right to, to social media and express my anger. I just kind of, right. Kind of right. hold it in, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of um, the same way, <laughs> but I mean, I, you I know, am not that way Sorry. <laughs> on the show. We'll talk about it. You know, we'll talk about things that bug us because that's, that's part of doing a show. But you know, in the moment I try to separate myself from social media because I just want to enjoy the game. Even oh, if yeah. I'm not enjoying the game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and I'll tell you for a couple of years there, it was all about the experience for my family because we were going to games and, you know, we, we endured that, that season where, what was it? The first game was against the Patriots. Second game was against the Ravens. Yep. And it was, it was 
bad. It was nightmarish. <laughs> it, but but I had my younger daughter with me, and we would go and tailgate a couple hours before the game. She would have a good time. She knew it wasn't good on the field, but it allowed me to kind of say, all right, well, it's not just about the score. That's it's right. It's about the experience with that's my right. family. And, Absolutely right. And that's that kind of helped me. It actually, when my kids went with me to the games, it helped me be able to digest a lot, a loss a lot better, believe it or not. Um, so I, I, you know, they're they're now Dolphins fans. They're not diehards. They don't know all the players' names, but they root for the Dolphins. Actually, for Father's Day, they got they bought my dogs Miami Dolphins jerseys, um, and I'm like, you know me so well. <laughs> I saw that picture. Yeah, that was cute. And you you were able to experience the Orange Bowl, which is a incredible thing looking back because the new stadium does not compare. Unfortunately, it's there just are not people the that tell me the new stadium is just as loud, and uh, I uh, don't, I don't perceive it that way. No, I, I, I think that the 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 Orange Bowl was just created so that you the fans were so tightly put together. Yep. Um, that when you filled that place, there was you, you, they you couldn't even breathe sometimes because you were so close and you were screaming so loud. Now I don't have as many memories about the Orange Bowl. As you know, as maybe well, some other folks. Child, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do know at uh, at the new stadium now. Ever since they put the uh, the canopy on, it has changed the volume in that stadium. I, in my opinion, versus when they didn't have that canopy on, I think it makes a big difference. I think it probably does too. I've only been to one game with the new canopy. I'll be back again this year against the Raiders. But, nice. Uh, you know, we I don't get down there that often. I'm in Jacksonville. Oh, very so, nice. Yeah, but it's it's. You know, it's a day and a half event if I want to go down there, you know. So Absolutely. I just don't do it that often. But I love to do it. I mean, I love to go to the games. I always have. Uh, you know, I went to many, many, many games. But uh, And Lewis can tell you because he was with me a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't only the fact that it was so loud. And, and you hit right on in, in regard to, um, you know, the proximity of the fans to the field yep. right behind the players. It was just everything about it you know it was an old school type stadium the crowd was you know just they were just fired up game in and game out and you went in there and it was just you know it was going to be hell for the visiting team um you know all the years that we went to the new stadium they kind of took away a lot of that you know old school type stuff you know the hanging of the banners and you know, throwing hot dogs at people, you know, you couldn't, you know, the visiting fan, you couldn't do anything like that. They took away a lot of that type of stuff. You know, it was a college yeah. atmosphere there. And, um, you know, again, they had security all over the place that, you know, prevented you from doing some of the fun stuff that we used to do down at the Orange Bowl. But, but here, know, it here's is the other is. thing, though, and, and I'm going to add this because the one thing, and you both will agree to this, that has been lacking over the last 20 years is winning seasons. Sure. Um, you get winning seasons. You get, you know, the team winning postseason games, you know, getting to a Super Bowl. The dynamic is going to change even more than it has changed now in that stadium. Because right now, the way that it's been transitioning over the last, I'd say, five to 10 years is that that away side has become more and more of the away fans. Where back at the Orange Bowl, right. you know, the away fans were scattered. 
and they were not welcomed to the Orange Bowl. We'll just say that, right? Oh, I can, <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was truly, it was truly a home field advantage. Yes. Um, but because because the product has kind of lacked with what we would want and what we would expect, I think it's it's really changed a lot. But like but, I can tell you this, Ian. Back when uh, you know Marino was playing and Shula was coaching, you know they made the playoffs in that stadium. They did, they did, and I remember the corners, the corner end zones were where you would hear the most noise from the away fans. They were never in the lower level. It was yep. always the top corners. Yep. So anyway, you know, reminiscing about the Orange Bowl, we could probably do for a while, but uh, let's move on to uh, the team now. Uh, let me ask you, what do you think of their implementation of their rebuild? Um, I think that it has not gone as smoothly as they had expected. Let's just let's say that because they had what was it three first round picks in the yeah. draft, um, and then I think it was two draft picks in the second round. It, it was all I know is it was a bunch of picks within the first two or three rounds, you know. And I, I feel like we didn't hit on some of those picks, or it appears at this point we haven't hit on some of those right. picks, and. We were very heavy with the offensive lineman, which has been kind of a sore thumb for our team for many, many years since we had Mike Pouncey as a center and yeah. since we had you know some, some other players that are scattered every now and again. Um, but I just, I think Flores may have been a part of that, you know, and, and he was a very defensive-minded coach, so maybe he didn't yes. give as much on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but I think he also gave too much freedom to the offensive coaches and that'll get you in trouble. And I think that's what we found. Um, plus not to mention what was happening with, you know, with Tua Tungavailoa and, uh, all of the stuff that was happening off the field and all the rumors that were flying. It, it just, it felt like almost 12 or 18 months of nonstop rumors about Tua not going to be here, not right. good enough. Deshaun Watson's comment, you know, and it. And it was tiring. It was tiring as a as a as a football fan. So. I'm sure it was tiring for Tua. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know he he says he says that he was not paying attention to that because as that's what as a professional say. he is. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like you can't control what you cannot control, right? That, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's the attitude that he took. Although I'm sure he had people in his ears, his family, his friends, you know, that said all this stuff. So, um, but I'm just glad that is behind us because I think last season we really got a great glimpse of the talent that we got with Tua that had uh, had Flores actually given some confidence in the kid and put some of those rumors to rest. Who knows what we would have got from him, uh, you know, when he was out there. Well, you know, Tua's season last year was kind of Jekyll and Hyde, you know. Yeah. Uh, he started out really hot and he held that. I mean, he was pretty hot for what, five, four or five games in a row? Yeah, until the until the Cincinnati Bengals game, that the concussion really, yep. really messed that up, unfortunately. Yep. And then things went downhill a bit. But uh, regardless, they made the playoffs, which I thought was awesome. I, I was I was sitting in the stands when we beat the Jets, and I think we only beat them by three points, if I remember right. Um, and it was a it was a game that it was a boring game. Field goals here, field goals there. Didn't know who was going to end up winning, um, but at the end. It didn't matter the score at the end of the game because we were in and we're sitting there watching, you know, the who is it? It was the Bills beating the the Patriots, if I remember yep. correctly. Yep. And that knocked the Patriots out. And for the first time, um, well, it hadn't been too long since we made it to the playoffs, but still it felt great. It felt great 
Mike McDaniel, brand new coach, first year in, and he's got us to the playoffs. Well, we've seen that before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've been down that we road have. before a few times, right? Adam Gase, he was going to be our next guy, right? Yeah. He was going to be the next uh, He was until next he wasn't. Thing. <laughs> yep. And, you know, even, even though Flores didn't make the playoffs that first year and then the second year, uh, he did a phenomenal job in regard to getting them, you know, to be respectable yes. over the course of that first season. I mean, you talked about those first two games of the season before we got on. And, um, you know, that season kind of turned around. I mean, they actually won a lot more games than any of us ever expected them to win. Absolutely. And, and, and in year two, five games were, or six games? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was five. Yeah. But, five games. Um, you yeah. know, season two, they were, they were pretty solid as well. And, I mean, their roster, I mean, from what they came from, I mean, he did an outstanding job as well. So, yeah, we have been that, down that road before, Mike, you know, in regard to uh, – <laughs> He did yeah. a good job, but I think so, we all can agree he wasn't great with Tua. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, the and, team and as to, a whole. To me, yeah. that was his downfall, really. When you look back at it, that was his downfall because that had to sit bad with the organization if they were really trying to get what they could out of Tua. Yeah. And, and the other part, too, is that you were trying to you were trying to build a certain culture, and I felt like the culture that the team had, you know, and this all came out afterwards, was a culture of fear. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that was a culture that Stephen Ross was really envisioning. I will tell you this, you know, a lot of people like to like to talk negatively about Flores, but what he did do is he did come in, he cleaned up all the penalties. You know, we, we used to be one of the top five, seven league seven in the league yep. with number of penalties per game. And he came in, I don't know if you all remember, he had the the TNT wall. Sure. Uh, takes no talent, right? And during yep. training camp, he'd have the entire team run and touch that wall if there was an error. Um, and I think that helped. That helped to create I do too. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's, that's making people accountable, and they should be. Yeah, and it's a, it's a certain level of discipline, but unfortunately, you know, the, the, and, and I'm not going to, not talking negatively about people's ages, but I think that type of discipline probably yes. was very effective maybe 20 or 30 years ago. Yes. But the type of discipline today is not going to get what Athletes you need, unfortunately. Athletes have changed. Exactly. exactly. Athletes have changed. And, and the game has changed. Yeah. Do you think Tua is going to be the answer? I, I have full belief that he will be the answer. I think when he's healthy, he has proven that he has accuracy. Because remember, not last year, but the season before, wasn't he one of the top three, top five? I think he may have been in the top two in the NFL in accuracy. Remember, a lot of his passes were short, so he didn't throw a lot down the field. Right. But for the passes that he did throw that were short, he was consistently accurate. And then last year, the big thing and what everybody's talking about, well, he doesn't throw down the field. Well, guess what? He was the leader, one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the National Football League with passing accuracy down the field over 20 yards. So I think you put that together. If he stays healthy, I think he can be the guy that can take us to the next level. And of course, too, people are like, well, he hasn't he hasn't had one healthy season in the National Football League yet. Yes, I understand that. But this season, this offseason, he's bulked up. You know, and I know people joke about the jujitsu, but clearly yeah, he's trying that. he's trying to do better for himself to make it of so course. that he lasts an entire NFL season. And if he does, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a playoff run at the end of the year. That's my honest opinion. And that's not me being a homer. I mean, you look at the talent that we have on both sides of the football, 
this is a playoff caliber team right now. Well, you know, we made it last year with all the troubles he went through. So, yep. I mean, you would think if he's healthy, then we absolutely should be there. Absolutely. Um, but the question is, are, are we a playoff team or are we a championship team? And that's that's something that I kind of struggle with. Yeah, it's until you get until we get to the playoffs and until we actually win a playoff game. I think I think that's going to be up in the air because yep. we have to first get over that first hurdle. That hurdle. Um, but once you get over that first hurdle, you can win three or four games in a row in the postseason. Lewis. Yes. Would you like to talk to Ian? <laughs> I am talking to him, right? <laughs> I'm listening as he's speaking. Um, yeah, I mean, in regard to the team as a whole, uh, there, there's a lot of talent. Um, we stay healthy. We're, we're going to be one of the best teams defensively in the NFL. I've said this week in and week out on our podcast. On paper, we're just, you know, we're deep. We're yep. deep in the secondary, uh, our defensive line. We've got guys that can rotate in and out, you know, on the edge. Uh, we've just got a lot of talent on that side of the football. You know, the question mark, again, is going to be Tua staying healthy and, and him being consistent, you know, week in and week out and not having these games where you're just scratching your head. Uh, the offensive line also has to, you know, step up. So I think the question marks in regard to this football team is going to come from the offensive side. Um, I think with Fangio, the addition of him, I think, you know, that that's going to be a major plus as well. And, um, you know, we have to get more disciplined. I mean, you touched on that, Ian, um, yeah. you know, in regard to Flores and how disciplined we were. We took we took about 10 steps backwards last year. Just foolish, foolish penalties consistently through the season and, um, you know, an inability to, to get plays in at times, you know, they, they've got to get, you know, they've got to get that down um, on the offensive side as well, because a lot of those penalties did come from the offensive side as well. So um, if they get it together on that side of the football, I think, in fact, we may have a championship team. I think we can go deep into the playoffs um, I think our defense is going to be one of the best in the league. You know, my questions are on the offensive side. Sure. Wouldn't it be nice if uh, Austin Jackson surprises us? Him, you know, Eichenberg, you know, both of them, Mike. Yep. I mean, you know, these guys are high draft picks. And- I'd settle for one of the two. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be picky. Give us 50% that, that are good, right. right? Just give us, yeah, one out of the two and we'll be okay with that, right? I mean, you know, it. I think, you know, at this point, you know, this is make or break season for Austin Jackson. Um, you know, I think that if, if he doesn't step forward and start playing like a number one draft pick, uh, you know, it's – it's it's he's he's basically going to be a uh, backup for the rest of his career, and um, you know, Lewis, you he's know, only twenty three, so I'm yeah. not sure of that. Jeez. Well, I mean, there comes a point, Mike, where you know, what are you going to do? I mean, when is his rookie contract up? Right? Do you resign him? That's the question. I mean, exactly. That's the question. I mean, you know, if he doesn't show something this year, I mean, regardless of age, Mike. I mean, Igbenogany is a young guy as well. Yes, he is. Right? I mean, yep. you know, but at some point, these guys have to start producing on the field. And if they don't, you know, how long do you keep them around, you know, and, and do you re-sign them? Um, they're both, I think, coming up on, on contracts 
uh, expiring, right? Yep. yep. Both of them? So they're both drafted. So uh, Austin was drafted in 2020. So if he signed to a four-year contract with the fifth-year, you know, fifth-year team decision, right? Um, You're talking next year would be his last season with the Dolphins. Yeah. Iggy, same thing. Yeah. Iggy was drafted, same draft. Yeah. And then Liam is the next year after that. So you got a little extra time with him. But it's going to be – this is going to be the season they've, they've got to show up. And, and I think the one thing that concerns some people that I've talked to is, you know, Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel at their, their preseason or prior to minicamp uh, press conference, they actually were responding to a question pertaining to the offensive line. And they said, you know, you guys, you media, you all worry about the offensive line a lot more than we do. Yep. We feel confident with what we have. And, and right. I kind of go back to that and say, but with our own eyes, we have seen that this has been a struggle for years, and you really didn't do anything about it this offseason. Right. You, know, it's, you basically said, we're sticking with what we got. We think we got the right guys. And I hope part of that is not the ego of, well, we drafted these guys. They better work. Right? Yeah, That's the you concern. F- you feel that way sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ignamogany. He really hasn't, except except for the game-winning interception against the Pittsburgh Steelers last season, he hasn't done really anything, right? No, not at all. Not in the least. I mean, there's weeks where, you know, we're down guys in the secondary and he's still inactive. I mean, you know, that says a lot, you know, in those situations. So, um, you know, there comes a point where you just say, listen, you know, we screwed up. And that's, that's what I hope. You know, that they, they, I hope that's how they address the team. You know, I talk about it all the time. You know, guys that are free agent signees and, you know, the the, the high draft picks, you know, put your best team out there and, you know, and and roll with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen with these guys. But the offensive line is going to be one of those areas that I know everybody's going to be watching in preseason. Uh, in training camp, and then once those first games start, uh, you know, and Teron Armstead, he's terrific when he's playing. When he's playing. When he's playing, and no, there hasn't been a lot of conversation if his toe is fully healed. Because remember, that was a big issue towards yeah. the end of last season. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's able to get, you know, get on the field more than he did last season. Because I don't make a difference think too. it's just the toe, but that's what caused OJ McDuffie to retire. Yep. Yep. So it can be a problem. Unfortunately, yes. Do you look at linebacker as a liability? I will tell you that middle linebacker spot, I think there are some questions there. Outside linebacker, um, I you know, if you go with uh what was it, Andrew Van Ginkle, I think they're using him as an outside, right? Jalen Phillips, and I think they're using Bradley Chubb as well, uh, as the outside. Outside linebacker is good. Interior though. Jerome Baker, he even admits it himself, and I actually appreciate this by him, where he says, last year was not a good year for me, and I got to be better, you know, so so we'll see. Channing Tindall, didn't see him at all last season, Um, you know, and he's a third-round draft pick. I was hoping to see him a little bit. Was that a richer year, you know? (laughs) Exactly. How do they view him? I'd really like to know. I, I don't even know. Um, I think they may have done that, you know, and, and maybe Mike McDaniel is that coach. Remember, you guys know this. Back in the day when someone was when drafted high, usually you didn't see him the first season. 
Usually yep. you saw him the second season, allowed yep. him to get used to the NFL, but to, in today's environment. Unless they were light years above what you already have. Right. But it was traditionally the exception, uh, you know, and not the rule. Um, but I do like what I have seen from David Long. Um, you know, when he was with Tennessee, actually a lot of the fans from Tennessee, when I was talking with them when he, when he came over to the Dolphins, they were like, listen, this is the one guy we didn't want to see go. Um, you know, now I think if I remember correctly, he has had some injury issues in the past and I could be lying when, uh, no, you're not. Okay. Um, so that's the only concern I would have with him. And then, you know, if he gets injured, who do you got back there in the middle? You know, it's, it's Duke Riley, Channing Tindall. They're going to get thrown into the spotlight. Graham um, does have a habit of picking up players who have injury histories. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that is a theme. Unfortunately, you're absolutely yep. right. I don't and he know does, why. Well, I mean, he does it because obviously they're less expensive for the most part. Right. And the team really takes, I guess, a chance more or less, yep. hoping that they're going to stay healthy and, and they get them at a bargain. So so what do you think happens with the running back position? Do we stand pat or do we go after one of these guys, Fournette or Cook or whoever? I actually think we're going to stand pat. I, I think That's kind of what I think. Yeah. I, I, I have a good feeling about Devon Achain. I, I love his speed. Well, of I mean, you get him on the outside. You get him through some holes if the offensive line can make the holes, and the guy's going to turn on his afterburners. So, you know, and I, I still like Raheem Mostert, and I still like Jeff Wilson Jr. The only problem, again, with them is can they stay healthy long enough yep. to be able to – but if they don't stay healthy, then you've got a chain, right? Yeah, and you've I got think, a weapon. And, and, and I, I like that. And I'd rather spend the money, honestly, on a Christian Wilkins re-signing – you know, Zach Sealer, yes. I think, is coming up as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Take care of some of these guys that, that you're going to have issues yeah, to with me, next season. Those, season those are two guys who are must-haves. you got to yep. have those guys back. Agreed. No doubt. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel a Cook is going to be, honestly, that much of an upgrade. Um, you know, I think that the combination of running backs that we have, I mean, obviously, we spent a draft pick on a running back. Uh, you know, you've invested in two veteran running backs. Uh, you know, I mean, what do you do if you bring in Cook? I mean, basically, you got to trade Wilson or you just cut him, right? Right, I right. I mean, that's what it boils down to. And then Mozart becomes, you know, basically a second fiddle. And honestly, at this point in Cook's career, I don't know if he's all that much better than Mozart. Yeah. You know, the combination. I, I, You know, I just don't know. I mean, what I've seen of him... I mean, we watched him. We played against him uh, last year, and we shut him down. I mean, he had a big run late in that game in the fourth quarter. Yep. But up up to that point, I think he was averaging about two yards a carry. Um, you know, and I saw a lot of games like that last year out of him. So, you know, he's a little long in the tooth at this point as well. You know, the running backs there, you know, the, the length of their careers, fourth, fifth season, they start to slow down quite a bit. And I think what's There's important- exceptions to that, but yeah, by and large, you're right. Yeah. And, and I was going to add, too, when you look at the teams that have won Super Bowls over the last five to ten years, traditionally, you're not going to see a top-tier, expensive running back on those championship teams. It's right. They've got a good offensive line. They've got a quarterback who can make the plays, and then you've got a complementary running back or running game. Right. And, and that makes a difference. So yep. you don't, and, and I understand the Miami Dolphins fans because they're all saying how, you know, it'd be great to add him, right? Dalvin Cook, 
but it's because it's it's because we we see what he has done in the past and it's a sexy name yeah we haven't had we haven't had a pro bowl running back since a train right um not a train it was um j um yeah jj that's sorry about that um so jj and prior to that you had to go back to ronnie brown and ricky williams right right um but I don't think you need such a such a solid running back in this type of system that they have right now. Exactly. You've already got so many fast players. I mean, you've got this new guy, a chain again, who can run side to side. Um, what I like about him is he can catch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and remember, too, um, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill started as a running back when he came into the league. So he's super fast as well. And I know that Mike McDaniel has created packages to have these guys always in motion. So you never know who's going to run the ball, who's going to be catching the ball. Right. Um, so it's I, I don't think we need to spend that type of money for that. Again, I agree with you. I, I just I don't think running back is a need. I think if they're going to assign people, they should look along the lines. You know, you need another defensive tackle. Yeah. Linebacker, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe a tackle on offense. It just depends on what you think of the guys you brought in. Absolutely. So, I don't know. It's interesting, you know. I mean, I, I look at the rebuild, and to me, it looks like a very short fix because I think they're going to run into trouble with all these expiring contracts and, and keeping the players that they have, you know. Uh, so, we'll have to see how they juggle it. It's going to be really interesting. Listen, I would be totally happy if the Miami Dolphins are the 2023 version of the Rams from a couple of seasons ago right? <laughs> that made it to the Super Bowl, that won the Super Bowl, and then they took a nosedive you know, the, the following season. Yeah, sure. Who wouldn't? Because they had all those high-priced contracts that they had yeah. to get rid of. So I would take that all day long. It's You'd just, rather we just they get sustain there. it if you had your choice. But, I mean, oh, if, yeah. if we don't have that possibility, then your, your scenario is probably going to be fine with most people. Man, I, and, and I know we were talking – we were talking ages and how long we've been we've been Dolphins sure. fans. Um, I've never seen a Dolphins win a Super Bowl in my lifetime, and I'm right. 48 years old. So right. uh, I need I need at least one, at least one before yep. I hit the grave, man. That's all. Yeah. Well, playoff win. Forget about Super yeah, Bowl. You know, hey, the playoff win. Yeah, and but I've seen I mean, playoffs. I've, I've gone to few. playoff wins. I, my, yeah. I took my dad to a couple, and when you know yeah. back in the 90s, and that was the big thing. I used to sit yeah. at a. What was a cameo records waiting for tickets to go on sale and i'd you know i'd be the first one online so i can get a good ticket for my That's dad funny. and i mm-hmm. yeah man that was great <laughs> yeah we you know we had season tickets and uh i've been to pretty much all the playoff games since you know the mid 70s on but uh after the game the last game of the season you had to wait online to get your playoff tickets Ah, even as a play, even as a season yeah, ticket holder. Yeah, okay, for a okay. while it, it changed in time, but smart. Yeah, so you know, eventually they just off- offered them to you, and you paid for them if you wanted them. Makes sense. Yeah, so that kind of, that changed, but you know, it was fun. Uh, I had a great time growing up, and and like you said, you know, family is the, is the fun part. Yep. Uh, my parents used to go. My kids used to go. Lewis used to come with us every once in a while. You know. Uh, when somebody couldn't go, and uh, we had great fun in that stadium, and we had fun in the new stadium. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to exclude that, but it's definitely different. It's we definitely really different. got jacked up when we were going to the Orange Bowl. It, we knew what we were in store for, and it excited you. I well, will you tell Mike, you. When did you get ahead. season tickets? I thought it was when they moved over to Joe Robbie. 
No, I had them long before that, Lois. I Did had. You? I bought season tickets. Well, my parents bought them first, and then I took them over. Oh, there you go. Um, but we started going to every game uh, right about the time Marino came in. Okay. Oh, yeah, because we were going to games pretty much every week and just buying tickets. Yeah, no, I know that. Point. We were. but um, You know, I thought it was more towards like 85, 86 where you actually no, started getting the season No, tickets. I was at, like I told you, I was at every game Marino played. That was yeah. the first game with you. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's it was terrific. great, great times. Oh, my God. We were at his first game, and oh, man, that was so much We fun. left that stadium after Joe Ferguson beat us, and we were laughing. <laughs> it was the only time that we were somewhat happy because it, their offense was was just horrible. I mean, even they went to a Super Bowl with Woodley, a quarterback, but yes. their offense was just uh, just horrible. And you know, to see you know them just go from one extreme to the other, sure, overnight was just absolutely crazy. It was absolutely crazy. It was you know. We were so used to very like you know slow run the ball, run the ball, run the, the ball, ball, run the ball. Yeah. A quarterback throwing yep. the ball 15, 16 times a game and completing maybe ten if we were lucky. And then when you yeah. had to throw the ball, Don Strzok came in. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. And I think that's times. one of the it's one of the huge feathers in Don Shula's cap because he really did. And and you don't see this too often by coaches because usually the coaches have a certain certain methodology style. that they yeah. stick with and style correct. And, you know, he went with, you know, Zonk and, and the run game and that he did that for many years. What, for like six years, maybe through seven the years? Seven, through the, uh, up till 78, 79, I think Greasy started throwing more, but for most of his career, they were a run first team. Yeah. And then he transitioned. Then when, then when he got Marino, it was just, I mean, who wouldn't you have Marino on your team and he's able to throw the ball down the field. I mean, who, who wouldn't call pass plays for that, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And, and yeah, you know, you had Duper who came in the same year Marino did, but didn't play. And then, then in 84, they got Clayton, I believe. And uh, the, the both Marx of them brothers were, were born. They were off to the races. Yep. That was fun. That was fun. It was a good time. It was a real good time. I mean, yeah, we didn't win no championships, but they were a fun team to watch. Yep. No doubt. You know, they were an, an entertaining team to watch, not like some of the teams we've seen in the not-too-distant past. <laughs> Agreed. So, Agreed. You know, if your team plays well and they lose, you know, you're, you're, you can you're entertained. live with that. Right. You can live with that. Yeah. But when they're getting blown out 59 to 10 or whatever the score was, you know, that, that's there's no excuse for that. Not in the Sit, NFL. You know? Sitting in the stands for the Patriots game, I'll never forget that the, that was at the home opener that season against the Patriots. And um, I was surrounded by Patriots fans because, Lovely. you know, that was the season that I think they replaced half of their offensive linemen right before the, begin, the first game of the season. And uh, by the, the fourth quarter, the Patriots fans were like, listen, you know, we, we, we want to see the Dolphins do something. We really just we feel bad for you, man. We want we want the Dolphins. <laughs> There's no way the Dolphins were going to come back, but right. at least I mean there was. If I remember one play, you know the uh, the, the wide receiver. I think it was who was it? Was it Fitzpatrick threw the ball to a wide receiver? A wide receiver bobbled it, and then the Patriots the Patriots defender intercepted it, ran it back for a touchdown. Yeah. And I was just like, "Are yeah. you kidding me?" That was the type <laughs> of day it was. I yep. remember that. Yep. He, he tipped it right into his hands, basically. Yep. So did you guys see the story about Tyree Kill today? 
Yeah, yeah. I... What what exactly happened, Mike? I mean, I know. Well, I don't tell you what exactly happened, okay. but allegedly he hit a guy over at uh, all over Marina Sunday night. He hit him. Yeah, you mean he, physically hit him. Yeah, yeah in the back of the yeah, head. Yeah. Oh Lord. I don't know what you know what transpired to cause his you know aggravation, but you know, but the guy who got hit said he's not intending to press charges at this point. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 So we'll who see. knows? Who knows? But you'd like to see Tyreek not get in trouble. Uh, definitely not. What 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 type of what was it? A restaurant or a club? What exactly? No, they, uh, it was the marina. Marina. Oh, yeah. the marina. Okay, yeah. got it. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Okay, I missed it. It happens. So just hope, just hope it doesn't turn into anything, and hopefully the guy's okay. I mean, he's not pressing charges, so right. So he must be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder what brought it on, you know, because Tyreek should know better. Saw something where they didn't want to let him on the boat, but at some point you just gotta be like, "All right, I'll wait till, wait till the appropriate person yeah, brings exactly. us, allows us on." Right? Yep. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Lewis, any more questions? I think I am good. Give me a prediction, Ian, on our record. There you at go. At the end of the season, how about that? I I, I think we're a twelve-win team. To be honest with you, twelve and, wins. You know, okay. The the health of many players is uh, is going to help determine if we make it to that twelve wins or not. Yep. I mean, I think if our defense didn't get annihilated last season, I think yes. we would have won more games. Yes, um, including even, the playoff game. Including the playoff game. Although, I think the playoff game, that defense, the Dolphins' defense, I think had their best game of the entire year. They, they did. Were great. They were <laughs> absolutely <laughs> great that day. Um, but it would have helped some of those other close games, and uh, you know. But we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, and I continue to talk to fans, and they say this is the most optimistic they have felt for 20 some odd years as Dolphins fans. And I agree with him. I, I think rightfully so on paper, these guys, we've got, what is it? Six pro bowlers right now on offense and defense. I know pro bowlers don't mean anything, but that means that you're skilled at your position. And we've got a bunch of guys that are skilled. At no, positions. we've got some great athletes on yep. the team. They've, they've, they've got to pull their weight, but yep. you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey, if, if he's in top form, Xavier Howard, if he's in top form, no, that no defense doubt. is going to be nasty. No doubt. I put I posted out today on Twitter what the defense would look like, and I and it was it was crazy. It was crazy the starters, but then not only that, even with the starters, we had Emmanuel Ogba coming off the bench. You've got Andrew Van Ginkle coming off the bench, Deshaun Elliott, you know, and the the rookie Cam Smith coming off the bench. Yeah, you know, so you've got some players on the bench that would be starters in many of the other teams out there in the NFL. Sure. So yeah. that's that's deep. encouraging because that's not normal for the Dolphins. Definitely That is not. true. They've that got is a true. lot of good players, a lot of good players. I mean, they have uh, – they, they, they can throw so many combinations out there in regard to, you know, putting guys in different situations. And, um, you know, we're not going to miss a beat. As long as everybody stays healthy, uh, we should be in great shape. Yeah, Absolutely. And the other thing is Fangio. You know, Fangio is going to have the safeties back there, and I think you'll see Holland play better. Absolutely. And I think he, he's going to give some some different looks instead of cover zero, which uh-huh. uh, basically right. is what we did every game. Right. Um, and I think you'll play to the team's strengths, right, and not put guys on an island that you hope that they'll be able to cover guys one-on-one. Um, that's not how you win football games ever, consistently. Right. Right. 
you know, with the cover zero, there's a time and place for it, but yes. it's not something you should be living on. Nope. So, yeah, any defense really, you know, <laughs> it, too much of one particular style of defense and the other offenses are going to figure you out. Absolutely. Real quickly. Yeah, which, which basically happened, right? Yep. So, well, anyway, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I am enthusiastic towards the season. But I do have some questions as well. So, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. So I, I wish him all success. I like McDaniel a lot. I, I, I think he just might be the right guy. I, uh, you know, I, I, I've talked to people who have said, well, wh what if they have a bad season? And I'm thinking to myself, they can't. Yeah. They can't really, really afford to have a bad season this year. Not with the money they've spent, not with the talent that's right. that they have. Because then they're going to have to blow it up. Exactly. And, and to your point. I love Mike McDaniel. I think players love playing for Mike McDaniel. You know, he really focuses on their strengths and, and builds their confidence about what they're doing, which is opposite of the prior coach. And I think players respond to that better. Uh, again, going into, you know, as a millennial, millennials love, you know, pats on the back. They love the confidence builders. They love to know that, you know, they're doing things the right way and that they're, you know. Baby boomers do too. Baby boomers do, but not at the, I, I probably not at the same yeah, right. Not at the same level. But yeah, you're right. We, I think we all do. I think it's human We nature, might have right? a thicker skin, but <laughs> not much. You yes. think? Uh, yes. Yes, you're right. That's a definite, Mike. <laughs> I don't know if these guys in today's NFL could have ever handled anything that Shula threw at them. No. Not, oh, not gosh, a chance No, no, no because the, the, the Players Association wouldn't allow it. This is true. They wouldn't have made it through training camp. Let's be honest. There's just no way. The way that what were they doing three days, right? Not two days. Four. They were doing three, four days. Were, okay. When he first came in, they had four days. <laughs> Could you imagine? Wow. They oh were footballing from seven in the morning until 10 at night. Crazy. Wow. Whether it be meetings or physical practice. Well, I, I, hear, I hear Joe Rose on the radio all the time in the morning. He's, uh, he's always talking about when a guy was injured, if there wasn't a blood or bones, they were put back on the field. And if you didn't want to go back on the field, you heard it from Coach Shula. He gave it to you. I'm like, oh boy, oh, a little yeah. different. Little different. We know that to be true. Well, yeah, we but we also do know it. We heard it directly from guys that had broken, <laughs> collar <laughs> broken collarbone, and he oh, had, my gosh. got called every name in the book for not being able to go out and play in the second half. Oh my! And goodness. this was a guy that was close to 30 at the time and had played with us for five six seasons without missing a game um, wow you know uh well, was the players today are smart about it what's that players today are smart because they want to have a careers after football those guys that that played through broken bones and you know played through various they shots had to. They had because to. they had to the they're peer pressure for it was now there. though right they're paying mm -hmm. for that now as as they're getting older and you know and they're having trouble walking or whatever the case is or you know constant pain or things like that but Again, games changed. Games changed significantly over the years. Yeah. And the rules have changed. Yes. Yeah. Marino would still be playing today, by the way, if, uh, if he had the <laughs> rules that, that uh, Tom Brady had. But, and yeah, I no, truly no believe doubt. that. No doubt. You know, you just think, how many yards would he have thrown for? You oh, know? It, it would have been <laughs> sick. It would have been sick. Duper and Clayton, the two of them. With Could you imagine him with Hill running, and Waddle? Running around oh without oh. having to worry about getting hit? I mean, Crazy. forget it. The receivers would have ran rampant. Oh, no doubt. Just crazy. And, and Marino was great. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed watching that man throw the football. 
It was fun. All right, guys. I appreciate you joining us, Ian. No, I appreciate you guys having. I I I'll, I tell everybody that I'll talk Miami Dolphins at any time during the day, and I could talk all day long about the team that we love because it's yeah, we're kind of the same way. Passion. What's <laughs> what's not to love, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Lewis, I expected a comment from you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like you. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about the Dolphins day in and day out. Me and Mike have conversations, in <laughs> literally at least once or twice a day, um, even in the offseason. So, yeah, we've, we've been doing this for, what, Mike, how many years? 45 years? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. You know, we, we've just uh, – you know, the relationship in regard to the Dolphins, you know, and, and, and among, you know, my son has now, you know, he's now become a big Dolphin fan. And we've got guys that we grew up with that, you know, not to the extreme, me and Mike do it, but they're, they're diehards as well. And it's great. Sure. You know, we yeah, used to all go to games together. It was just. When we awesome. go down to see the Raiders, uh, my daughter's coming, my son's coming. So. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah, that we look forward fun. to it. We've actually got 34 people going. I, I've run a Whoa. small Facebook group, and uh, nice. we've got 34 people coming with us. So it's going to be fun. Now, um, there is a game in Jacksonville in the preseason. So Yeah, I'm not it, interested. No? Oh, <laughs> no. see, I, I'm, I love every game preseason. It's the last season. preseason game. Yeah, and that's when the starters should play, right? Last one? Yeah, it's but only I don't three think that's the way four. it works. No, they don't do it. They don't. I I don't know how they actually do it. Decide anymore. You know, I it, to me the preseason's just a big old waste of time to an extreme. You know, to an extent, I should say. Um, you know, you want to see guys like Easy. You know, the, the, the preseason he had was fantastic last year. Thompson, the quarterback. That's yep. what you want to see. I mean. You know, when I look at the starters out there, I get a little nervous. Yeah, I really do. Uh, and, you don't want you them know, to get hurt. It doesn't mean anything. Absolutely exactly. not. Not over Not over preseason game. And I think that the teams as a whole, you know, that's how they basically go about it now. Right. So, you know, to me, the preseason, you know, I think two games would be more than enough. And, and let's move on from it. You know? That's why when you watch the first four games of the season, nobody can tackle anybody. <laughs> well, because right, they haven't really had practice. Yep, exactly. You know, they they're not hitting in practice as well. You know, not only do they not have games, but they're not really hitting each other in practice. So, yeah, I mean that is the case. It gets Mike. better as the year goes on, but usually the early part of the season is really sloppy as far as that goes. Yep. So, That's- Mike, I brought up the Jacksonville game because I am going to that preseason. Oh, game. are you? Because it just so happens to be the same day I was coming home from dropping my daughter off in college. So. Uh, I'll be I'll be there for for that one. I, uh, I it was amazing how it worked out because they didn't give the preseason schedule until like a week or two later. Right. And uh, <laughs> and and I I was like, oh my goodness, is this going to happen to be the exact same time I was going to be driving down on I ninety five anyway through Jacksonville? And sure enough, exact same night I was going to be hitting Jacksonville. So awesome. talk to talk to the go, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, for me, one of my I used to lists, go to all when I had season tickets. I used to go to all of them, but. Since I you stopped having season tickets, I'm not interested in watching preseason. You know, I'll watch it on TV, but I'm yeah. not interested in spending that kind of money to watch preseason ball. No, I agree. No, and, and I love – I just love seeing our team on the field. You know, preseason it. just gets you so excited for, for regular season. So I have not missed a regular season or preseason game since I've had these season tickets in 13 years. 
Um, yeah. Call me crazy, but I, I love it. Love everything to do with it. Everything oh, about I, it. I know all about it. I'm right with you. It, but not for the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, once once it counts, I'm right there. You know, I, I, I have not missed a game since 1971 at all. That's awesome. Uh, I went to a friend of mine's wedding. I had a little TV in my pocket. <laughs> ended up, it, it ended up that me and the wife's dad watch the game that's awesome <laughs> so my wife will kick kick me for telling you this but on our on our honeymoon we went on a carnival cruise uh-huh. and the only way it was going to work is if they were playing that monday night football game which was the dolphins versus the green bay packers <laughs> oh on the cruise but then on top of that when my oldest daughter was born um there was a dolphins game that sunday and I found a room after the baby was born and they were, everybody's getting all cleaned up and I found a, I found a room in the a maternity ward that I was able to watch <laughs> part of that game. No, I threatened my <laughs> wife. You don't get pregnant during football. Season. <laughs> that's not happening. And if you do, you go in yourself. Just call me when you're done. Yeah, that's funny. So, uh, that's how it goes. So anyway, guys, thanks for joining me this evening and, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, well, we had a little bump in the schedule. We wanted to be back last week, but we were out of town and uh, couldn't make it back. So until next week, fins up, everybody. Fins up, everybody. Thanks, guys. Oh, you're very welcome. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proudly part of the DolphinStock.com network. Check out their site. There's all kinds of articles and podcasts which you'll enjoy. Until next time, be well and take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.